Welcome to the YMCA of Central Florida Spiritual Habits Podcast Series. My name is Chad Garman, and I have the privilege of serving our community through the YMCA Community Engagement and Christian Initiatives Office. For the next few minutes, we're, these are really designed to help you grow in your spiritual life and maybe to form a new habit that will help you on your faith journey. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Pastor Mike Aitchinson from Christ United Church in Orlando, Florida. Pastor Mike, thanks for coming on. So excited to talk about our topic today. But before we do that, uh, jump in here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your church, and maybe even your wife's story. Yeah, Chad, it's such an honor to be on here with you, man. I love you. I think you're awesome. You are a rock star par excellence, and it's so cool to be able to do this with you. Um, yeah. Mike Aitchison, grew up in Miami, Florida, married to the wonderful Lucy Bergen Aitchison. We have four beautiful daughters, 10, 7, 5, and 3. They uh, are, three of them are in school. One is still at home. And they are precious and remind me every day that I will not retire. So good. I'll just so transition good. from one form of employment to another. <laughs> and uh, I pastor Christ United Fellowship. I am the founding pastor uh, in our parlance. Uh, I planted the church. I started it, Lucy and I did, uh, back in 2000. Well, 10 years of our life have been dedicated to it. Officially, uh, for public worship, January 15th. Uh, excuse me, January 25th, 2015. That was our opening day. Uh, so we're coming on seven years of that, and God has blessed our ministry. It's a gospel-centered, diverse church uh, where anyone is welcome to come experience, be transformed by, and share the love of Christ. And so we, we love Jesus unashamedly. We believe he's the hope for uh, the lost, the transformative uh, impetus for the found. And we have people from all sorts of backgrounds, uh, cultures, ethnicities, nationalities, socioeconomic backgrounds, because we believe that that's a reflection of God's big family and how history ends. Um, part of my wife's story involves, you know, locking arms with the downtown YMCA for different events over the years uh, since we've been in downtown. I've also, I was a board member for about seven or eight years at the downtown Y. Um, we did a lot of work. Some of, you, some of which happened with you and I on the missions committee together. Uh, and to this day, we still are involved with the YMCA through, uh, through the Angel Tree and other outreach outreaches in the community. And so the YMCA is a very special place uh, for us, uh, our family, for our church. Uh, it has a very dear place in my heart, too. I can go on and on, but that's just, that's an entirely different podcast about how much Mike loves YMCA. Well, I know I, I see you downstairs uh, working out and uh, reminding me that uh, I need to carve out some more time in my day <laughs> uh, to get uh, looking as fit and trim as you are, my friend. Uh, when it comes to uh, our health. So today I'm excited about this topic. Uh, when you shared with me uh, your heart and really what you wanted uh, to talk about, I thought it was really interesting 
uh, and something that, that ultimately I, I think I need to work on. And so uh, today's topic uh, is friendship. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, what was interesting to me is I began to reflect on uh, this topic of friendship. I, I have a lot of friends, but I think we're going to talk about kind of the quality of those friendships today. And, and I think that's the piece that I know I need to work on. Uh, and, uh, and so talk to us just a little bit, uh, if you would, about this friendship topic uh, and what do you mean by uh, friendship as a spiritual habit? Yeah, so if, if you think about it, uh, friendship falls under the, the broadest category, I would say, of, of community, right? relationship with other people. And so we're talking about a critical relationship in the life of anybody, generally speaking, especially if you're a Christian. Uh, life can be complex. There's a a physical component, physical difficulties that come with life. There's also spiritual difficulties that come with life. And as Christians, we want to be faithful to our calling to live out our, our witness and live out the implications of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's difficult. It is, it's joyful, but it's difficult. And there are a lot of uh, roadblocks, a lot of challenges and obstacles that come against trying to obey the Lord. All right. So we do have real forces that don't want that to happen in the life of God's people. And friendship is one of those ways that God gifts us in order to navigate through uh, the complexities and challenges of life and the hardships and the disappointments. Okay. And I see Friendship, right? And there's people who, for ages, that are smarter than me, who have done some amazing, way more amazing things than me, written way more books on this, uh, more godly than me, if you will, uh, who've said, who can state it better than I can. But I think friendship is an intentional relationship that is life-preserving wherein people commit to each other for the long haul, right? It's an intentional relationship that's life-preserving, that it helps that, that uh, when two people are committed to each other or covenant, covenanted to each other for life, okay? And every circumstance that you can, um, can imagine. So that's how I see friendship. That is so good. Intentional and committed. Yes. Those are some some key words uh, for us today. So what would you say to someone who might be listening and they say, I don't really I don't need a lot of friends. I, I, I'm 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 just fine on my own. Uh, what would you I'm an introvert like that. People like to throw that word around. What would you say to them? Uh, as someone who's maybe a little skeptical on needing other people in their life? The first thing I want to do is honor the difficulty that can come with relationships in general. And, and then God has wired us all differently. Some people, like myself, I'm an extrovert. I start around people, and as the night progresses, I escalate. I know other people where the opposite may be true. 
God has given me a wonderful wife who is great with people, who loves people, but she's an introvert. So where I'm getting wound up, she's winding down. And it's not, one's not better than the other. They just have their different set of challenges when we interact with people. And so I think that it's important to honor that God wires us differently. But then the second thing is, when you get involved in relationships with people, you will get hurt. If you really invest yourself, if you're intentional, if you're sincere, your heart will be broken at some point. Uh, we live in a world where sin still exists. No one is perfect. Only one perfect person ever walked the face of this earth, and that was Jesus. So we can expect that difficulties will arise. And I know the pain of betrayal. I know the pain of abandonment. And all those things can percolate in the back of a person's mind when they think about pursuing relationships. So I want to honor that. Um, the other thing is I get the idea of being independent and self-sufficient, not wanting to need people, because the reality is when you demonstrate a need, you are making yourself vulnerable. You're making yourself susceptible to hurt. So if, you can, if we can convince ourselves that we have no needs, then that mitigates the possibility of vulnerability, thereby mitigating the possibility of hurt. So I, I want to not handle those things roughshod. I want to honor that. Those are all realities that we all have to navigate. But here's the deal. The way God created us means something. We are wired for relationships. There is no way around that. No way whatsoever. Even if people make you frustrated, even if you can't stand people, even if you've been hurt by people, oh, all those things, even if you believe, as one philosopher said, that people are punishment, we still need people because that's how, that's, that's according to God's design. So I, I would just want to encourage any person who's a who's an introvert to um, to realize, yeah, you don't, you may not need a whole lot of friends, but you do need friendship. You do need people in your life who are committed to you, who care about you, who are intentional. Um, but we'll talk a, a little bit about some of the attributes of a healthy friendship. But no, none of us can walk around as though we have no need for each other. That would not be a, a healthy way to live your life. Plus, there's so many more, there's so many benefits to having a friendship that is true, uh, a friendship that is good, a friendship that's sincere, and a friendship that's mutually beneficial. Um, but I can go on and on with that. So let's let's jump into what you uh, started to talk about. What are those healthy attributes uh, for uh, friendship in this biblical context? Yeah, you know the the Bible gives us uh, quite a few examples uh, of friendship. We have a a healthy uh, running theme throughout Scripture of friendship. You know, one of the things that comes to mind is that Abraham was a friend of God. We, we know that God met with Moses face-to-face, -face, the Bible says. It was an intimate, you know, an intimate interaction. Um, no, man can, no man can see my face to live, the Lord said, right? And so 
Uh, but there was a very intimate interaction between God and Moses. And we see in other places in Scripture how God raises up people in the life of his servants to help them through the circumstances of advancing his kingdom. All right. Now, when we think about advancing God's kingdom, it's important for us to understand that as believers, we all play a part in that. It's not that I, as a pastor, only am uh, 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 granted some special sorcery power to see God's mission move forward. I have a unique calling. I have a vocation in this space, but it doesn't make me more honorable or it doesn't make me more um, powerful than the next person. We just have different roles in God's economy. Now, I'll say this. Um, um, and so whether you are a pastor or whether you are someone who is in the marketplace, there are difficult circumstances associated with life and life as a Christian at that. Um, a couple examples come to mind. I think about the friendship with Jonathan and David. That's one of the preeminent places in Scripture where we see that God raises up people to help us along the way. Now, you think David was raised up by God to lead his people because the kingdom had been taken away from Saul because Saul didn't obey the voice of God. And David kills this massive giant bravely, this young, ruddy, handsome fellow who kind of just arises out of the abyss. And he, he wins the love of the then king, Saul, and the people, the citizens of his country, and then the heir to the throne. Jonathan, Saul's son, sees something that is, um, that, that, that is a reflection of his own soul. The Bible tells us that Jonathan loved David as his own soul. Matthew Henry said it's as though it, they were one soul and two bodies. Aristotle would later go on to say good, true friendship is one soul and two bodies. And so there's this, uh, you know, even from days of antiquity, this idea that friendship is something that is soul-stirring. Friendship, true friendship is something that impacts us in the most hidden recesses of our being. And the Bible tells us that um, Jonathan covenanted with David. He entered into an agreement. He pledged himself to David. He loved him so deeply. And part of that is related to the fact that Jonathan saw something of compatibility, right, when we think about attributes. He saw him and he said, man, Jonathan had some military success against the Philistines, and so did David. He took out one of the chief Philistines. He took out Goliath. And he's like, oh, man, this guy, this is a guy that I can befriend. He gets me. There's compatibility there. How sweet it is to be known, to be understood, to have someone where you can say, man, we, we, we can almost do life together without even having to qualify or explain anything. So combat, combat, compatibility, commitment, attunement. Jonathan gave his, um, his regalia over to David. Now, we don't know at what point Jonathan understood that this was God's man. It could have been, it could have just happened unwittingly at that moment. He's like, man, you, you, you've got the goods. You are, you're a rock star. You know, you, you're a stellar. Um, my dad wants you to be a captain of one of his platoons. And, you know, 
But that was a foreshadow. That was sort of a validation that, yeah, this is going to be the king. And it's so significant because um, Jonathan is attuned to David. He recognizes something in David. Uh, David, uh, Jonathan is an advocate. We know later on that Saul, who once loved him, would then get real in his feelings, develop envy, fear, hatred for David. And Saul advocated, uh, Jonathan advocated for him. And he said, hey, hey, dad, we just, this guy just saved our, our, our country. And here you are about to kill this guy unjustly. There, there no, there's no need for useless um, and unjust bloodshed. Why are you treating him like this? And David was permitted to return. So we have, with true friendship, a person, we have compatibility, we have commitment, attunement, advocacy, uh, transparency. All right, and we move on to 1 Samuel 20. Uh, Jonathan would later be confronted by David, not in a bad way. He said, hey, your dad, why is he after me? What have I done? And Jonathan's like, you know, my dad doesn't want to kill you. He doesn't do anything without talking to me first. David was like, hey, I'm telling you, man, there's a step between me and death, okay? And Saul says to him, okay, well, if I find out anything, I will let you know. He's transparent. He does not withhold anything. We, we, we live such veiled lives. We live, in, to some degree, we live avatar lives. And how sweet it is to be able to stand in front of someone, solicit transparency from them, and, um, they, and you be able, uh, they be able to do the same to you. Because David would... Uh, later be beheld, uh, beholden to uh, a covenant. Jonathan essentially says, look, man, don't forget my, my generations to come for my kindness. And so they walk transparently before each other. Saul at that dinner, okay, finds out that, uh, Jonathan finds out at that dinner that Saul really does not like David. And at the dinner, he speaks terrible curses upon Jonathan just insults his mom and tells him you're never going to be a king as long as this man is around. But Jonathan refuses his rights. Jonathan's like, he realizes that this is God's man. And so he steps out of the way, right? In order to promote his friend's uh, sense of calling. Okay. And then the Bible tells us that Saul threw a spear to strike his own son, Jonathan. That is how homicidal his hatred was. And Saul goes, uh, Jonathan goes back and tells David, you know, they, they come up with this agreement. If I send these arrows out in the field, you know, you go this way. If I tell the young guy to come back, that means you can come and safe. But if I tell him, keep going, you just know that it's not a healthy situation here. And so he offers him protection. Okay, life, literally life, foxhole friendship, life-preserving protection. And you know something else that's sweet? So transparency, self-sacrifice, um, he is a friend who comforted because David bowed three times and then wept. And they kissed each other's neck. These were close friends. These were, these were warriors. 
These were warriors who were at their low. David, he was a step away from death. He was at his wit's end. And this was a man filled with sadness and grief over having to run from the king for years. And they just embrace each other. So friendship provides comfort in the worst places, the most difficult seasons of life. The Bible tells us when one weeps, we all weep. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. Friendship does that, a shoulder to cry on, because none of us are capable of handling all of what life brings on our own. And then if you fast forward, David's on the run. First uh, Samuel 23, Saul uh, pursues David to the wilderness of Ziph at Horesh. And then we see Jonathan pursue David in a different way. It tells us in verse 15 of chapter 23, uh, David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Horesh, and Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horesh and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, do not fear, for the hand of Saul, my father, shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul, my father, also knows this. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. David remained at Horesh, and Jonathan went home. Chad, do we see the beauty of sincere friendship? the gift that friendship is from God. Saul, uh, David, uh, Jonathan went out into the wilderness to find his friend in hiding and tell him, you hang in there, strengthen his hand in the Lord. God is with you. You are going to live out your calling. And the enemy cannot do anything about this because it's said and done. God has got you. And keep in mind, this is coming from the man who was heir to the throne. This is what friendship does for you. Friendship reminds you that you matter, all right? So just the kind of uh, high-level compatibility, commitment, attunement, advocacy, transparency, self-sacrifice, protection, comfort, and zealous encouragement. Those are all things that I think characterize a, a biblical and godly friendship. There are more things, but I think those are some things that we see in the life of David and Jonathan. That is so good. Uh, I'm just frantically writing notes uh, as uh, as you talk. So that is so good to hear uh, those references to uh, one how to be a good friend, but also the qualities that we should be looking for uh, in what that what that true biblical friend should be. That that someone who is going to uh, be uh, transparent in front of us and and have that humility and model that and all of those things that you said. Um, through throughout that time to to know that those are traits that I can work on to be your better friend uh, and and those are the things that I need you uh, as my friend to also begin to live out and so it's it really is that iron sharpens iron thing so in these kind of last few seconds uh, of our time together what's the what's the the big picture that you want uh, our listeners to walk away with uh, when it comes to biblical friendship? Yeah, so the big picture is um, the, the wise and astute may say, well, but I don't think that 
David or Jonathan was perfect. You're absolutely right. Uh, Jonathan's commitment to David points to a greater friend, and that's the friend we have in Jesus. Okay, all those things, those attributes that I named, are in Christ. They're bound up in Christ. All right, and Jesus says to love one another even as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, and a friend lay down his life for another. This is what Jesus did for us. Jesus is the consummate friend, okay? And so as Christians, one of the great gifts that God gives us are friends who embody these realities to remind us of the friend that we have in Jesus, to remind us that he is with us always, even to the end of the age, to remind us that we can come to him to find rest. A good friendship is one where you can find refuge, where you can find sanctuary, where you can find safety. All these things are in Christ. And so I would say um, to our listeners, listen, pursue at least one or two friendships that will point you to this reality that's bound up in Christ, that he is with you always, that he is for you, that he's pledged himself to you, he's covenanted himself to you. Find one or two friendships that can constantly remind you and keep these realities before you, but also you go be that friend to someone else. So good. Once again, thank you, Pastor Mike, for your time. Uh, I know that we will all benefit spirit, mind, and body. Uh, if we will look at our friendships uh, and look at the friend that we can be to somebody else. Uh, if someone wants to get in contact with you, uh, what's the best way for them to uh, learn about your church or to get in contact with you? Um, ChristUnitedFellowship.com, okay, is our webpage. Very simple, ChristUnitedFellowship.com. And my email is Mike at cuforlando.org, M-I-K-E, at cuforlando.org. That's the letter C, the letter U, the letter F. So good. Again, thank you for your time, uh, and I hope that uh, this has been a beneficial time for you, our listeners, as well as it has for me. Uh, and we look forward to connecting again with you soon. Thanks, and God bless. Thank you, Chad.